0: you're listening to almost got em, a batman the animated series podcast
1: and now your hosts brandon and jimmy i'm brandon and i'm jimmy and we are back for another edition of almost got em, a podcast about batman the animated series and today is a big one jimmy Yeah, this is a momentous occasion as far as in the
0: run of these episodes.
1: That's right. We are covering Joker's Favor, and the title already spills the beans. This is our first Joker episode that we're going to cover, our first of many on this podcast. And,
0: uh, of course, not just Joker. We have another character that... uh, First time uh, ever, first time in in Medium, first time anywhere. I was just talking about it. It's
1: it's kind of a big deal. Yeah, Miss Harleen Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn, makes her first appearance in this very episode. Yes, and I was,
0: uh, as a young child, forever uh, scarred in a wonderful way (laughs) (laughs) by seeing this character on screen.
1: All right, we're going to just go ahead and jump into some bad facts because this is going to be a pretty meaty episode, I think. Uh, Joker's Favor aired on September 11th, 1992. Whoa. Never forget. This episode is directed by Boyd Kirkland, yet again, and written by Paul Denny. And yes, this episode features the first on-air appearances of Joker and Harley Quinn. Now, even though Joker debuts here, this was actually the fourth episode produced with the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, previously there was uh, three episodes that were already made with uh, Tim Curry as the voice of the clown prince of crime. I think that the first the first one that they produced was, um, was the uh, Christmas with the Joker episode, actually. I don't think that was was the first one that was going to air, but that was the first one they produced with Tim Curry. So Curry did do the voice for for that. Of course, they didn't use it, but... Yeah, uh, when Mark Hamill actually went in, he had to not only voice, you know, Joker, but he had to match his mouth with the mouthing that they already did in the animation. That's wild. Joker's wild. All three episodes. I see what you did there. I did a thing. You see what you did there. So this episode originally was supposed to be the 22nd episode of Batman the Animated Series. But they pushed it up because this was the first one they got done with Mark Hamill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, there's a lot of conflicting information of why Tim Curry left. Uh, Tim Curry claims he left because of an ongoing bronchitis issue that was brought on by the continuous laughs that he came up with for the Joker. Uh, But producers say that they fired him because they didn't like his take on the character. (laughs) Uh, Curry would do uh some voice work for them in the future. He played a henchman, which is seems very like random and small. That is in a future episode. Uh, fear of victory, and one of his original recorded laughs appeared in the episode "Be a Clown," when one of Joker's robot clowns a- appears on screen and laughs. That is Tim Curry's Joker laugh that he that he had done for the show. It's a nice little Easter egg. Yeah, that he left yeah, in there. And I believe that one that might be the second or third one we see mm-hmm. with the joker in it. Uh fun fact about Tim Curry, he was actually considered to play Joker in Batman 89. He was one of the uh, short lists alongside like I believe it's Robin Williams and some others. Obviously Jack Nicholson was their main want, but they Of were, course. they were he was on that kind of backup list if Nicholson didn't sign on. Now, the character of the Joker was created uh, by Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and Jerry Robinson in the very first issue of Batman in 1940. Uh, there's some controversy over like who really created him. Uh, Bob Kane and Jerry Robinson claim that they were the one that came up with Joker in its entirety, but I mean Bill Finger wrote the story, so there's apparently a lot of like controversy on Joker in particular when it comes to the whole Bill Finger Bob Kane conflict that we keep kind of exploring. Um, the Joker, fun fact about the Joker's first appearance, he was supposed to be killed off in that first issue. Like, he, he was supposed to be a one and done character, but the editorial really liked him and they intervened and kept, uh, Kane from killing him. Wow. Can you imagine? I mean, just imagine if he, uh, who, I wonder who would have been the main Batman villain had Joker been killed off in that first issue. I don't know. Riddler maybe? I feel like it'd be like maybe Two-Face or, I don't, I don't know. But it just kind of blows my mind. Because, you know, he is kind of considered the favorite villain by, you know, most fans.
0: The the two sides of the coin kind of thing, you know, the chaos and the order, you know.
1: Now, this Joker, of course, is voiced by Mark Hamill from the Star Wars franchise. Uh, Mark Hamill has played Joker more than any other actor in the history of acting. But he's not the only person that has played the Joker. And this is where we're going to play a game that I've created for us called joker's wild
0: yay i'll
1: insert a theme right here so a joker's wild how we're going to play this is i'm going to bring up every popular iteration of the joker and you're going to tell me your thoughts on each one individually okay so just my brief a brief blurb what do you think of them were you a fan of it what do you like what you didn't like Okay, so okay. we're going to start with the first man to ever play the Joker, Mister Caesar Romero. Uh, well, there's a lot of things I could say about Caesar
0: Romero, but they're not, uh, any, they're not really have nothing to do with this podcast. Yeah, Batman '66 um, for those sticking, that don't
1: know. sticking
0: to Batman '66 and not uh, all those wonderful stories that you can hear from Gilbert Gottfried about <laughs> uh, Caesar Romero. Um, hmm. I mean, I started with '89. Uh, this was my, I guess, my second version of the Joker and Caesar Romero. Um. Yeah. I like what Caesar Romero's doing. Um usually Joker episodes are not my favorite episodes of sixty six.
1: They're not the strongest. They're um, they're not. They're not. You like them in the movie? The Batman y- sixty six y- movie?
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I'm sixty six I'm a penguin guy. Okay. Um I like the Riddler a lot. Everything's and, and just Frank Gorshin has a wonderful yeah, Frank way, right. just very intense. Um, and, of course, you can't talk about Romero without talking about the mustache. Um, it's talk, yeah, that was talked in a contract. So much. That was yes. in The contract.
1: You have to keep the mustache. He was
0: a Latin lover and couldn't lose that mustache. It was important. Yes. And I didn't notice that so much when I was a kid watching it. So now it's, of course, this big thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm a fan of
1: his take on the Joker. Just because I'm a fan of 66. Uh, oh, next up, we got Jack Nicholson, your first take on the Joker from Batman 89. And again, he, it's, Jack. it's the Jack. I mean, he literally had top billing of the movie. Michael Keaton was just kind of a co-star, and he's Batman. Mm-hmm.
0: It, was a, it was a coup to get him. He he still uh, reaps the benefits. Whenever uh, I think he still gets money, uh, tons of residuals from uh, doing the movie. Um, but yeah, it's Jack being Jack, and uh, Jack is fun to watch as Jack.
1: He's fantastic when he's, you know, all the print stuff, of uh, just... Awesome, awesome characterization of the Joker. The only thing I didn't like about his Joker was I didn't like that they killed him. So I always thought they should bring him back. Like in the future, and I, there was wasn't there like talk about bringing him back. There Eventually. was talk
0: that he would come back, and was it was it the Batman triumphant or whatever yeah. the one they were going to do? Well, with Scarecrow and Harley Quinn. Quinn being
1: in the fifth one. There, there
0: was, was the some world. kind of going to be like a flashback, or maybe that's the one with Scarecrow, and like Scarecrow would have like yeah, that's triumphant. Batman would have gotten hit by some fear toxins and maybe seen the Joker. Oh, okay, that like that's how worked. they were going to work, work, work that into it. In my brain, that's how they would have worked it, and then they would have brought Jack back, I guess. But
1: yeah. No. Uh, and uh, the character Joker didn't come back to the big screen until 2008's The Dark Knight, and Heath Ledger played the character, and I believe he got an Oscar for it. He sure did. What did you think of Heath Ledger's name? Um It was a different take. Um, I loved it. I, I did love it. I think Dark Knight is um, a great film. Yeah, it's not just a great comic movie. It's a great film. I would put it on um, like my top five favorite movies of all time. It's just... I mean, it's from that not a single minute is wasted in that film, in my opinion. Yeah, the movie came out and it was just like fireworks. It was just like everybody saw that movie multiple
0: times. Um, I often like to wonder how the, those films would have been, been. If Ledger... Because I, I think a lot of decisions and rises were to like, let's distant our, distance ourselves from that. What is it, eight years later? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think that's a big part of why it
1: well, is. Well, Nolan had actually uh, explicitly said that the Dark Knight trilogy we supposed to cont- continue with Heath Ledger in the third one. It's the main mm-hmm. villain again. All right, here's a controversial one. Jared Leto, he played the Joker more times than Jack Nicholson and Heath Ledger played the oh Joker. He played him in Suicide Squad and recently showed up in Justice League, the Snyder Cut. We live in a society, Jimmy. What do you think of Jared Leto's take on the Joker?
0: Um, I would be interested to see the, the air cut, uh, to see what, what we didn't see of him in
1: the Suicide Squad. I don't think, I don't really feel like I got, to, and I'm trying to be fair because I hate the look. Oh, that looks awful. Um, that's, that's one thing I did like about Snyder Cut. He at least toned that down.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it's its own breed of, of weird and awful. I but, really uh, liked
1: Jared Leto, but, and I liked the casting of him originally, but mm-hmm. when I remember I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, when they revealed the Macaulay Culkin-esque, like, picture where he yeah got his hands uh, across his face and you see all those tattoos. And that just really, really dampened my trip. With the style of that film and the look of the film, like, I, I can
0: see, like, why they did that. Yeah. Um, and the look that they went with Harley, but he just he just isn't... He's not present enough in that cut for me to really say he's awful or he's not good, but yeah, they, I can't they, really, you know, I can't really get a beat on it.
1: Yeah, from what I hear, the... Cut out like 80% of his. Yeah, footage.
0: there's so much more. And you can see, like, he should have been the main um, villain. I well, would say. like,
1: I think all the stuff in the trailers never, none of them really showed up. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff there. Yeah. Would you be interested in an air cut? Air yeah, cut? yeah I, would, I would, I would watch it. Why not? I'd be interested in it. I, just, I still don't like how the Snyder cut became a thing. It no. felt like there's, like, a lot of online bullying there. Yeah, i not for it. that. But yeah, I would be interested in an air cut. And what did, what did you think of, uh, walking phoenix's version of the joker in the self-titled movie joker
0: it's fine it's
1: fine so did you not like his take or did you not like the movie or both or what
0: i don't know i don't have much of an opinion i mean it's a well-made movie uh he deserves all the accolades he got from it um it just wasn't it's just
1: not my thing i thought it wasn't my thing yeah i i i thought yeah it was well made but it's I think I've watched it twice ever, and I probably will never watch it again. Um, I thought Joaquin was awesome as Joker. He's, he's great. I'm he's not great. big on the design, but it's. it's I mean, you're, you're following Leto, so... It, you're, this is true. Your makeup design doesn't suffer as much just by default there. Um, I just the The whole thing was trying to make you feel sorry for the Joker, and I didn't feel sorry for him. I was just kind of like, "Yeah, life sucks, but why are you murdering everybody and starting riots?" And I, the thing that made me really hate the movie, honestly, was the fact that jo- Joker's riots led to like the death of the Wayne. Oh, they tied it in. I hated that. Hated that so much. I'm just like, "Come on!" Because uh, Todd Phillips, who directed the movie from the get go, promised, "Oh, we're not going to do anything with Bruce Wayne or Batman. Right? So we're going to have Thomas Wayne show up." But we're not going to do anything to do with Batman. And, well, they created Batman at the end, which is dumb. And they're doing a sequel. It's in development. I'm I'm going to wait and see if that happens. Uh, I know Phoenix was kind of, like, open to it, but I know he's not huge on sequels and whatnot. No. So. I mean What could they do and with that? That, that yeah, was a one-and-done yeah. type yeah. story. Yeah, the, uh, of all those guys, who's your favorite to play Joker? And Mark Hamill could be included in this as well
0: um i i wouldn't i would say it's this version i'd say it's the animated series is the definitive version of of joker as far as i'm concerned of all of all the mediums yeah, yeah. i mean live action it's it's jack because i grew up with jack um and it's just there's no one there's no one more perfect just to to be the joker on screen but this joker just you know the, a lot of the moments just ring when i think of joker i'm like mark hamill's joker you know that's just that visage
1: yeah when, that face. when i read the comics i hear mark hamill yeah. every single mm-hmm. time Now, this episode is also very important for the first appearance of Harley Quinn, but this isn't just her first appearance in the show. It's her first appearance in any single medium, as Jimmy said earlier. She was a character created just for the cartoon. Now, Harley Quinn didn't even show up in the comics until 1999. This episode aired in 92, so it took him seven years to bring the character to the comics. It's crazy. It it blows my mind. Uh, Harley is voiced here by Arlene Sorkin. Uh, Arlene Sorkin was, I believe, a soap actress at the time. She didn't, yep. doesn't really have many acting credits to her name. Uh, later, the character would be played by Tara Strong, who does Batgirl later in the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tara Strong played Harley Quinn in the Ar- Arkham Trilogy, which I still think the Arkham Trilogy is one of the reasons Harley Quinn became kind of a big star. So even though she'd been around for a while, you, you didn't see like people start dressing up as her, really, yeah, until... That's... The Arkham uh, Asylum game came out, so if you went to a convention, I remember I went to a bunch of conventions around the time Arkham Asylum and Arkham City came out, and you just saw girls all over the place dressed up as the Harley Quinn from those video games. Yeah, it
0: just exploded around that time.
1: A couple, a couple other girls who played uh, Harley Quinn including Melissa Rauch, who just got casted in Night Court, which is coming back soon with John Larroquette. Uh, <laughs> And Moshe Roush, mainly known from Big Bang Theory, which also stars uh, Callie Kowalka. How do you pronounce her name? Is it Callie Kowalka? I, I, I don't, I've she's never. Lo- she's awesome. Other, it's Penny from Big Bang Theory. She was also in Eight Simple Rules to Date My Teenage Daughter with John Ritter. Uh, do you have a favorite voice of Harley Quinn? Arlene Sorkin. Ar- Arlene Sorkin. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the same yes, that's, that's that's Harley
0: to me. She was also the co host of America's Funniest People. Oh, with really? uh, Dave Coulier,
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that was around the same time, but I mean, the, her voice, her speaking voice, is very much—it's a little less so, but it's it's pretty Harley-esque. So,
1: um, of course, the big screen—the one person to play Har- Harley Quinn on the big screen is Margot Robbie. She's the perfect casting in my book. She kills it. Here's a fact that you probably did not know: Margot Robbie is not the first live-action person to play. Harley Quinn. Oh, I'm aware of that. Oh, you're aware of it. Of course. In the 2002 Birds of Prey, Oh. Oh, you don't know I've that. got another I got another thing. For oh, you okay. I go ahead. I was saying in 2002 Birds of Prey, the first person to play Harley Quinn in live action was none other than Mia Sarah, aka Sloane from Sloane from Ferris Bueller? Yeah, which I totally totally forgot about and I actually watched that show. It's not That show is not really that good, if we're being completely honest. Anyway, what was the other uh... Harley Quinn that you
0: know of. So I guess when Denny was writing the script, um, he was like, well, you know, Joker needs to have like a girl. Um,
1: You're Paul Denny, by the way, sounds like George Lucas. It, it sounds like, well,
0: it's <laughs> funny cause Denny, Denny does the voice of George Lucas on that Clark's cartoon. It's probably why I just did that. Oh, okay. Um, but he was like, he needs, a, he needs to have like a girl sidekick. So he was friends with, I think he was friends with Arlene Sorkin. Mm-hmm. And he was watching her. He was friends. He was watching I, I, her did, on out. Days of Our Lives. Um and she did this character, uh, where she's like a clown girl. Oh man. And she does she basically does Yeah, she basically does the Harley voice. I'll insert it here.
1: I'm on at the roll, let's get it! Okay, two drummer boys going to a bar. Boy, you're
0: a rough crowd. You forced me to shoot at you the moon. So yeah, Dini was friends with Arlene Sorkin. He needed to come up with some kind of female character, a sidekick for uh, for Joker. Um, and um, saw her performance where she plays like a clown lady on Days of Our Lives. And it's like, I'll write Arlene into the part and come up with the name Harley, Harley Quinn. Uh, and that's kind of where the inspiration came from. So technically, in some ways, uh, Arlene Sorkin was the first, also, also was the first live-action Harley Quinn. In
1: 1987. In on 1987.
0: Years later, she would reprise the role, kind of, sort of, uh, creating the role on Batman the Animated Series.
1: Why don't you go ahead and get the synopsis going? All right. Yeah, we haven't even done synopsis yet. That's how much, that's how excited we are to talk about the Joker and Harley Quinn. <clears throat> so, again, Joker's Favor, written by Paul
0: Dini, directed by Boyd Kirkland, who wrote last week's episode. Uh, it's Never Too Late, also directed that episode. Directed, yeah. So, mild mannered schlub Charlie Collins, voiced by Ed Bagley Jr., returning as a different character. We saw him in a previous uh, episode just trying to make his way home from work and is likely just a stone's throw away from a falling down scenario happening. Uh, when he's suddenly confronted by the Joker, who starts bumping into his car and runs him off the road. Watching this episode now, I pick up on the plot point the Joker has just escaped, I guess. Oh, I didn't even pick that up. Because I, I, the Batmobile flies by.
1: Yeah, The yeah, car. that's true.
0: Um, and of course, bats is hot on his tail. I used to just think Joker was out for a stroll in this pink station wagon, just razzing some middle-aged man for no reason. Honestly, I like that better, and I'm going with it. (laughs) I know this wasn't planned as the first Joker episode, but it ended up that way, and it's just a strange way to introduce Joker. Yeah. So Chuckles pleads for his life and says he'll do anything to save it, and the Joker takes his license and says, I'm going to take you up on that, and leaves. Cut to two years later. Two years later. Two years later, and Commissioner Gordon is going to uh, is going to be given an award. Uh, by the way, a friend of mine's sister has a cat named Commissioner Gordon. I've been meaning to mention that. So Joker is pissed about the commish, so he decides to hatch a plan to ruin the ceremony by calling in a favor from his old friend Charlie, and that's the plot. But who cares? Because in this scene, we're introduced to the one of the many loves of my life, former Doctor Harlene Quinzel but now just Harley Quinn, who is somehow able to upstage a meta appearance by a Tiny Toons comic book, which
1: one of the Joker's goons is reading from. Um, Those who don't remember, Paul Denny and First Tim all worked on Tiny Toons.
0: Yes, yeah, so it's, it's an in-joke as far as where
1: they where this all came it's from. It's also the same uh, WB animation. That's correct. That's correct. Without Tiny Toons, there would be no Batman the Animated Series. Tiny Toons and Burton Batman Flips. So the Joker calls Charlie, who has changed his name and moved out of Gotham, but Joker twists his arm by threatening
0: his family, so Charlie has no choice but to join the caper. Uh, Charlie arrives as Harley shows up in a chauffeur's outfit. Hi, the car's this way, Charlie. I uh, just have to say here that anytime Harley is dressed in various other outfits, and this is a good episode for that, I am completely <laughs> captivated. Uh, one of the best comes later. I also want to thank Bruce Tim for designing these females with slight frames, big eyes, and devilish grins, and exposing that to me at an early age. You have limited my dating prospects for the rest of my life. Thank you, Mr. Tim.
1: That That's unfortunately very true.
0: It is. So we're back at Joker's hideout, and suddenly Harley is dressed as Harley again. How Why did this not? happen? Did Charlie have to wait while she did this? It's been like, what, 30 minutes? She's that was a real paint her face and
1: everything, That was too. a fast change.
0: Maybe she did it in the car. I don't know. Yeah,
1: yeah I feel like she's like Lady Gaga and has the whole wardrobe changed. Yeah, to, she down could. to a T now, maybe. So Joker explains that he needs Charlie to open
0: the door for Harley as she rolls the cake in for the commission's award dinner. We, the audience, know there's got to be more to it than that. Uh, so we're at the dinner and Charlie's looking for some way to warn Batman of what's about to happen. So he goes into a wing called the Hall of Inventions, which I think I remember seeing that at Epcot when I was 10. He fashions a crude back signal to warn Batman just as the caper is about to begin. Charlie does his job of opening the door, but most of the work is done by Harley's butt as she uses it to pop the door open. (laughs) Again, thank you, Bruce Timm, for ruining my life and my perception of females forever.
1: You're going to die alone.
0: Exactly. But... It's easy to see why, as Harley enters in a police woman's outfit, wheeling in a giant cake and giving some crap to an oversexed Bullock who thinks she's a stripper.
1: Man, Bullock gets really, really cringy here. He has a moment earlier where the lady walks by mm-hmm. and, the,
0: and he kind of gives her a look.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna cancel Harvey Bullock on this uh, podcast.
0: I like his relationship there with Montoya, who doesn't get a line. They can get a line. That's the first time I think we get her
1: name dropped. Yeah, though, but she's got sure. some sass. Yeah. Renee I Want is a great character. You're gonna see a lot more of her in an upcoming episode that focuses just on the cops. In that episode, we're going to do a deep dive on her. Harley gives the room a little speech, just scoring left and right, and
0: soon the room is filled with gas as all of our characters are frozen in place. Charlie also realizes he's glued to the door and can't get away. Joker springs from the cake and pins a miniature bomb on the commission's jacket. Harley and Joker am scray. But leave uh, Charlie to perish in the explosion. Batman shows up and frees Charlie from the sticky door and then leaps into action, taking out Joker's goons and handcuffing Harley. The museum makes for a great set piece as Joker and Batman tussle over poison darts, Olmec heads, and drop away floors, floors.
1: You can see why they wanted this to be the first Joker episode. It's a lot of fun stuff. It's really, really fun. And Harley stuff's really good too. But what's interesting is you don't see, we don't see Harley again for like a, a while. And then all of a sudden, we see her early, like, nonstop. Yeah. She's in... Well, they realize... that she come back and almost got him? I think that might be her first one Yes, back. she's in almost got him. And then she has an episode right after that, because I, I believe her and Ivy up not long after that. That's coming up after that. I love Almost Got Him because that's where Batman, they, he punches
0: Harley in the face. I yeah, that, like. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it
1: does that on screen. And, and we decided to name a podcast after that. Yes,
0: so. yes, it's just a great, it's great punching this woman. He actually punches her in the face too in uh, Suicide Squad. Like when they're underwater, he punches Harley yeah, in the face. Yeah, um, so that's the thing. Joker escapes into an alley where Charlie is waiting and starts taking pokes at him, even punching him in the stomach, which is a nice moment to see for Charlie. Uh, He pulls one of Joker's bombs out of his coat and threatens him with it. Batman shows up and tries to talk Charlie out of it. Joker buys it and gives all of his personal info he has on Charlie, cowering behind Batman. Charlie tosses the bomb anyway. It goes off, shooting confetti up into the air. Batman chuckles, which is bizarre because he realizes it's a humorous moment and his reaction is to laugh like a human person would. And it's just unsettling as all get out. This is
1: one of the, I believe, only two or three instances that you see Batman ever laugh in any of the animated series. Is this
0: a call back to the laugh, the laughing place? The, the laughing, joke. laughing joke. The, 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 the okay. killing joke
1: is what you're okay. thinking about. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, for those who don't know, killing joke ends with Batman capturing Joker. Joker tells him this kind of drawn out joke and they both end up laughing hysterically and it's kind of an ending that is kind of leave left up to interpretation Gets the camera kind of pans to his feet and you're not sure if Batman's like really laughing really hard against Joker or if he's strangling him and killing him. So that's usually that's usually up to interpretation. Now, we, I mean, now it's kind of considered part of the actual continuity because of Barbara Gordon and all. So obviously he didn't die. But yeah, that's a that might be a little bit of a wink to the killing joke. But yeah, we don't see Batman laugh hardly ever at all in the series. And it does kind of feel weird. <laughs>
0: Batman tells Charlie to go home, and so he does. It's unknown what happens to Charlie, but I'd like to think he's now divorced and working for Uber Eats. And that's Joker's favor.
1: And such a, such a good episode. We've talked about the be- the middle, we've talked about the end, but let's talk about how Batman begins. Jimmy, what did you think of the title card of this episode entitled, Joker's favorite. It is my favorite so far. Uh, I I went to hang it on the wall. good. So for those that don't know, it's basically, it's a picture of a family of three, which you'll learn is Charlie Collins and like his wife and kid. And the Joker's silhouette covers the the photo like a menacing demon in the background. I love it. It's extremely menacing and very, very like cool art deco-ish.
0: It has that theme. That uh, little Charlie theme, ooh, 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 whatever that is, yeah. And of course, we introduced the Joker's themes uh, in this episode as well. So, we do, yeah. yeah. Shirley Walker doing some great stuff
1: there. So there's a lot of great lines in here. Oh, there are. There's a lot, but holy speech bubble, Batman! Jimmy, what is your favorite quote from the the episode entitled "Joker's Favor"? There's a lot to choose from. There is a lot, and I cheated. Because oh, <laughs> I've, I've got a, a couple. Name a bunch.
0: I've got some. Right. So um, I'll leave this one aside. I'll get to it. So I like that the Joker has so many great lines in this episode, but there's a tick that he has where he like keeps saying, he keeps adding man on the end of what he says, and he's like, How are you, man? Or, uh, look at the size of that cake, man. It reminds me in Spaceballs when, like, Dark Helmet is like, what's with you, man? It just, uh, when I hear him say man, it just goes, goes right back to that. But for me, Harley says my name in this episode. She says, <laughs> don't stop now, Jimmy. The party's just starting. That's my favorite line in the whole run of the episodes because it's Harley <laughs> says my name. She's talking to Commissioner Gordon, you, of course. Do you but. remember seeing that as a kid? I don't know if I remember seeing it as a kid, yeah. But uh, I did know that she said that because this is an episode I've watched quite a bit. So
1: yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely definitely a classic one. Lots of classic lines. Uh, the one that I end up picking, it's a pretty simple one, but it's just a kind of encapsulated, you know, Joker and his relationship with Charlie. Char- Charlie yells at the Joker. You said you'd let me go home, and Joker responds with, "I never said alive." <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, lots of good. There's also a lot of good stuff from Harley and Joker. A lot of them were kind of long-winded, which is why I didn't put them down. I love
0: Harley's speech, like you, the the geeks and the, or whatever she's when she's uh, the jokes on you, and they push in on her face, like that whole thing and, and mm-hmm. before the cake, before Joker pops out of the cake. Yeah, it's all good stuff.
1: Now that voice, that that voice.
0: Uh, yeah, that's probably another thing that has followed me is like that voice. Like I usually will write something in a character has a voice like that, and it's something that's. Stuck in my crawl.
1: So this one, is, this is going to be an interesting category this week because there's two very strong choices. I want to see, I have a feeling you're going to pick one and I'm going to pick the other. Probably so. Uh, wait till they get a load of me. Wing freak terrorizes, wait till they get a load of me. Jimmy, wait till they get a load of me. Who is your favorite character of Joker's favor?
0: My favorite character of Joker's favor is Harley in a policewoman's outfit.
1: And why is she your favorite character?
0: Come on, Brandon.
1: That's fair. My favorite character is the Joker because Mark Hamill. That's a good is second choice. Delightful. Of course, character. of course. And honestly, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is one thing that I didn't really remember until watching it. I love Harley Quinn in this now, but back when I was a kid, I did not like her. I thought she was annoying until. Huh. They started doing the, uh, until the the Poison Ivy episode with Mm -hmm. them too, Girls' Night, I believe it's called. I just thought she was annoying and I thought it was weird because I knew she wasn't from the comic books. Mm -hmm. But looking back, I really, really do like her now. But yeah, originally I was not a fan. But yeah, Joker, I think Joker kills it. First time out. Yes, the story's, yes, it's kind of a weird introduction to the character, Mm -hmm. but that, that that tracks with the Joker because he's all about chaos and watching the world burn. Yeah. And s- screw conventional introductions when it comes to the Joker. He
0: jumps out of a cake, out of a giant cake. I mean, mm-hmm. come on. It's wonderful.
1: Now we talked about our favorite characters. Let's talk about our least favorite characters and give somebody the Condiment King Award. Jimmy, who gives gets the Condiment King Award in Joker's favor? Well, Bullock gets
0: canceled. Um,. He's he's kind of a pig in this episode. Yeah, he's my backup pick. That's his character, and I get that. Yeah. But I just I'm in love with everyone else in this episode. So I just gotta say bullock because man, I gotta take I gotta take up from a ladies. I mean, he was throwing some shade to Harley
1: Harley, and that's not something I can allow. Yeah, he was my, my backup pick. I end up picking Charlie Collins. Oh! Charlie Collins is a bit of a whiner, especially in the beginning. This is true. Because he's going, Boo-hoo! My life is so sad. I have a wife that Cooks me effing meatloaf, and I just hate everything. I mean, there's tons of people that would kill to have a, a wife and somebody to make them meatloaf. This is true. This is. And I'm not true. even a meatloaf fan. I do like the singer, though, but he's just annoying and whiny to me. Um, I I do dig him kind of at the end when he goes a little unhinged. Yeah. On Joker, but the rest of the rest of the episode, I was just like, okay, maybe this guy kind of deserves it a little bit. <laughs> It seems like a weird voice for Ed Bagley Jr. I played. didn't realize that would be
0: Bigley Jr. And I didn't realize it. it either, because it's there's really not it's not a funny part. He's just kind of a sad, sad kind of guy. And it doesn't
1: sound like Begley Jr. It, yeah, it doesn't at the all. The other character he played sounded like him. Yeah, the like germs the character in the other yeah. episode, yeah. So, yeah, uh, Ed Bigley's voice work is pretty nuts, but let's get nuts. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Jimmy, what's your favorite moment from Joker's Favor?
0: The part when Harley says my <laughs> name. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry man. It's that whole scene. It's the whole uh, Harley walks in, pushes the the, the cake in, uh, the music. Uh, J- Jim Gordon is just like what. Um, I just I just love everything about that presentation, and that's probably why you know I love Harley Quinn because the character was just introduced in such a
1: boom, and you're just yeah. like, oh my goodness, what is this? Um, so yeah, uh, I've, 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 there's a lot of stuff I like from this episode. I love the uh, the car chase at the beginning mm-hmm. with Joker and Charlie. It's like really super creepy and really random. I like the whole I love the whole premise that Joker. Remembers a favor that he's owed two years in the future. That's great. That is really great. Traffic. Yeah. That's, my, that's my favorite part of the entire mm. plot, period. Mm. Uh, it, it just, it's just so good. for um, such a mundane thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. open up a door. Like, it's great. Yeah. Very Joker. And, uh, but I'd say probably my absolute favorite part is the end when Charlie goes nuts and Joker starts yelling to Batman for help. Yeah. And Batman laughs after mm. the explosion. It's just so weird, but... Ha ha, ha ha! It just reminds me why I love this show so much. So that's our favorite moment. What is your Martha moment of Joker's favor? Martha, why did you say that name? Martha, oh, stop! Please stop! Why did you say that name?
0: It's his mother's name. <laughs>
1: you forget did that. I one?
0: For, always forget the Martha moment. You always forget the Martha. Moment. What do I do?
1: Oh no, I got it. Oh. Jimmy. What is your Martha moment of this particular episode? For those that don't remember, the Martha moment is your least favorite moment of, or part about the episode.
0: Oh, I just, I left something out earlier.
1: What did you leave I left out, out a
0: moment I like a lot. Tell me about a moment you like a lot. So Harley is cutting the Joker's hair. <laughs> oh, that's, oh, I forgot um, to put it. Yeah, I got that. Um, and he's like, leave the sideburns. Like, actually, I think that might be my favorite line. Because it seems like Hamill just improvised. Yeah, like, yeah. Leave the sideburns. Like, Harley's cutting the Joker's hair. Like I guess they needed him. He's, he's calling Charlie, and he, like we need to have him do something. And they're like, "Okay, we'll have Harley cut his hair." What?
1: Why? I don't know, but it's genius, and I love it. And it, it really, I think, it shows kind of their relationship too. Yes, because you kind of, to, it's absurd. Yeah. You're starting to see that
0: yeah. it's not quite. There's that part where he kind of pushes her off the desk or by the desk, but uh, we're starting to we're leading to where those two characters will go.
1: What do you take on their relationship? A lot of people like glamorize it. Which is kind of weird to me because it's kind of a abusive relationship in a way. Which I think it's great that that's shown. I don't think yeah. it shouldn't be shown. because I mean, abusive relationships are very real, unfortunately. Mm. And uh, I think it also really leads to, you know, when she does get free of them, it really gives you a great mm-hmm. sense of Har- Harley's character. But what what do you think about people kind of glamorizing their quote-unquote love for one another?
0: Uh, it's it's not good. Kind of gross. And the, yeah, yeah the, there's a lot of gross, toxic stuff that came out of the Suicide Squad. There's a lot of like weird, like yeah, memes. Suicide Squad
1: really like, like totally fi- break fi- that. You know,
0: like find yourself someone who looks. Uh, what's the what's the, what is it? Uh, it's a picture of Harley, and it's like find someone who looks at you the way. Harley- no, 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 no,
1: no. this no. is not no. this is
0: not the way. No. Th- this is like the, the both into car- that relationship. Uh, no, terrible. Like up. the the cartoon relationship worked. Um, sometimes when you you add layers on it, that's when it starts to get. Oh, yeah. I don't know. And eventually, you know, we do have episodes, like I said, where, Heather, uh, where um, Harley kind of breaks off, um, and you know, uh, Birds of Prey kind of does that too. But I, when you take it too far, um, that's when you start putting these weird, like real life parallels onto it. Yeah, and it's really just this sort of it's a comic relationship that we we probably shouldn't put too much into yeah but don't don't glamorize it don't glamorize because uh, it. it's just effing weird yeah so but but what is your martha moment of this particular episode hey, joker's favor give montoya a line
1: <laughs> there yeah
0: yeah give her a line she looks great she has like a barbara Steel way about her she sits there give her a line that's my martha moment your Mar-
1: okay um yeah, it was kind of hard for me to find a Martha moment because the episode it is, is pretty it is. pretty darn good. I felt like the art was a little off at times. I don't... Something just... It, it didn't seem like the Joker was fully realized yet or something. Mm-hmm. Like, the shapes were a little weird, I felt. Um, I know in the early days they had multiple animation studios doing this show. And there was a couple they ended up uh, breaking ties with because there wasn't like a sense of continuity at times.
0: Sometimes his model, the 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 model model can change. Um, But maybe that's because he's a more cartoony character. They were like, we can change the model up and have it be a little, a little less strict than like a two face, you know, where it's just like he's
1: guy standing there. So that's probably, I think there was a lot of fun animation though. Yeah. Of course the Harvey Bullock being a pig, I'm a big fan of, but my absolute, there was, in my opinion, one really bad moment in the episode. And that's when Charlie makes a makeshift bat signal. Oh yeah, of a bat, a big plastic bat, and Bruce Wayne just happens to be going by when mm-hmm. it it's shown. I thought that was really, really bad. Kind of a weird. You could have point. easily just had Bruce he, Wayne stay there. And he then was there went, anyway. Oh, now I've got to go find a way to change into my bat. Yeah, but I feel like yeah, that would have been a way better, like, sell. I don't know why they went with the way they did. They but wanted that, Charlie
0: to be more proactive, like yeah. a hero. Okay, that makes sense. That, yeah. That's
1: what they would be doing with that. So, yeah, that part which I did not like. But the rest of the episode is, is flawless. Now, every, every single episode, we have a different rating system, Jimmy. And what will our rating system be today? Now, what are we—is it four, four out of four or five out of five? It's out of five. Out of five, okay. Yeah. So today we are
0: going by uh, confetti-filled Joker bombs that look totally legit. Uh, so as far as I'm concerned,
1: we said out of five?
0: Yeah.
1: And you can do points or whatever.
0: Well, I'm giving this five confetti-filled Joker Bombs oh. that look totally legit. I, oh. I just love this episode um, for all the reasons
1: I've talked about.
0: So, uh, yeah, it's I just think it's great. I just think it's great.
1: I'm close to you. I, I gave, I'm giving it 4.5 confetti bombs Joker Bombs that look legit out of five. The only reason I deducted Point 0.5 is because of that whole Bat-Signal thing. That's kind of weird. It's really, really, really weird. But the whole episode is amazing. It's a, it, it's a great kind of first look at the Joker and Harley Quinn, who, like I said, we won't see Harley Quinn for a while. Joker comes back in, I think, like three episodes, so we'll be revisiting him oh, good. fairly soon. Um, but, yeah, absolutely love Joker's favor uh, and kind of jealous that... Uh, Charlie Collins got to go home and had a meatloaf cooked for him.
0: Are you also jealous that Harley said my name? A little bit. Okay. A little
1: bit. That's what I would think. That's the world. Think. The world is jealous about that. Yes. But yeah. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode of Almost Gone. Is there anything else you want to discuss about this particular episode or any of the characters involved? Um, I think we've pretty much covered it all. That sounds great. Well, uh, next week we'll be back here again. We're gonna. Cover the episode entitled "Pretty Poison," which is the oh, debut of Poison Ivy. It's episode nine of the series. Yes, this was episode seven, but if, if you remember, episode eight was "Cat in the Claw" part two. Mm-hmm. So we are caught up with the episodes now. Or um, are, are you? Is there anything that you're looking forward to with the heart, with the uh, Poison Ivy episode?
0: I like Poison Ivy. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember correctly, they got in trouble for her. Uh, curves i think the censors got mad about our curves oh they
0: were upset about that yeah that's every one of these episodes yeah. man every i think that's every one female that we're actually, is, yeah
1: we're just like okay uh
0: are there just no normal women in bruce tim's gotham
1: we need to go to gotham
0: we do you're
1: gonna die alone
0: <laughs> i'm gonna die alone good night everyone <laughs> i'm brandon i'm jimmy and the joke's on me
1: ha 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 Thank you
0: for listening to Almost Got Him, a Batman the Animated Series podcast. Anyone else want to go?